The weight of the world is heavy. heavy. There's, a, there's a gravity to life, but the opposite of gravity is levity. And levity is when you have the opportunity for something to be lifted, for your life to be lifted. And I hope that tonight we're creating some moments, an atmosphere where your spirits can be lifted. But I'm going to tell you right now that the way that we're trying to accomplish that tonight in your life is not because we have great singers. Let me just tell you, man, put your hands together. We got some great singers in the house tonight. Not because there's talented people everywhere, but because we serve a real Jesus and he has a real power and a real presence and it's called the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is here with us tonight and I'm here to tell you right now that the Holy Spirit can lift your presence. He can lift you from the weight that sometimes we're feeling and, and I hope that you're able to experience that tonight and, and I just begin to think about some of the scripture and some of the word maybe that, that applies to that thought. In Isaiah chapter 61 and verse number three it actually says this, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them Beauty for ashes. Everybody say beauty. Beauty in exchange for ashes. Or another way of saying that is something amazing for something that may be destroyed. And oil, as I love this, the oil of joy for mourning. Everybody say joy. And the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Everybody say praise. So there's two things that, that we do here at High Point Church, and one of them is worship. Whenever we worship God, a few songs ago, you, you heard where they were, we were leading you in worship to God. That, and worship is really when it's just between you and God. You're having that moment, if you will, where you're just opening up your heart and you're saying, God, man, I need you. And, and Jesus, I need you to be real in my life. And, and you're just saying how great and how amazing he is. And it's a, it's a moment of worship. And then there's praise. Everybody say praise. I love that it's the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. And I just want to encourage you right now to exchange some things while you're in the presence of Jesus tonight. Exchange whatever heaviness, whatever gravity that you have, that you're carrying in your life right now. Exchange that for the spirit and the garment of praise. How many of you know praise is kind of a collective thing? It's, it's kind of that thing, if, whenever your team is winning and you're in the stands, that's what I'm talking about. That's when praise is taking place. But I'm here to tell you right now that our team is winning and you are in the stands and we can give Jesus some praise tonight because that's exactly why we're here. Can you say amen? So very excited about that. And you know, there's, a, there's always some greatness whenever we think about the ability that we have to praise and to worship our God. In Psalms chapter three and verse number three, it says this, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me, my glory and the one who lifts up my head. I'm here to tell you tonight that Jesus is here and he wants to lift up your head. He, he wants you to feel his presence. He wants you to know how good he is. He wants you to know that he cares about the situation that maybe you're carrying right now. He wants you to know that he wants you to exchange that heaviness for the garment of praise. He wants to lift up your head tonight. There was a, a story of a guy 
and he was in the grocery store, and he had his toddler with him, and he was pushing the cart through the store, and of course, the toddler was sitting inside the little area where they have for the, you know, the kids to sit with their feet kind of hanging down, and so he's pushing the cart through the store, and the toddler is just going berserk. I mean, just screaming at the top of his lungs. I mean, he's just screaming bloody murder. I mean, he's, how many of you guys ever had a toddler just to make a scene in the store before, right? Come on. And, and so you kind of know, you kind of feel this guy's pain, so he, he's pushing through there and and as he's pushing he's saying this he's saying oh Albert everything's going to be okay Albert just relax Albert we're going to be home in just a little while Albert everything's going to be okay Albert it's it's all right don't cry everything's going to be all right and he was just talking real softly and a lady walked up and she said sir I have to commend you and you're just talking to little Albert there just so calmly he says, ma'am, he's not Albert. I'm Albert. <laughs> I mean, you know, sometimes you got to lift yourself up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes we get a little bit heavy in life, and sometimes I can actually think and feel that maybe I'm looking at a bunch of Alberts right now. We need to be saying, listen, come on, Jesus, lift up my head tonight so we can really rejoice in who you are. Amen? I love that. We were... Uh, uh, at the house last night, and Kelly was baking, and uh, uh, she makes awesome fudge. How many of you love, love some Christmas fudge? Come on, somebody. Christmas fudge, my wife makes it, and so I always gain about 10 extra pounds at Christmas time because she makes a couple of batches, and I, I'm like the official taste tester, right? I have to go out there, and I have to make sure everything's tasting good. We've got quality control uh, going on there, which means every, every piece that we give away to somebody else, I eat two for myself, and that's just kind of how that works. And uh, my daughter, Destiny, she's home from college, and she was making some puppy chow. Come on, puppy chow. That's another one of my, my favorite snacks at Christmas. How many of y'all getting hungry? Come on. Well, I begin to, to think about that, and we were just kind of hanging out there in the kitchen, and everybody was in there, the, all, you know, most of the kids and the family were there, and, and uh, we recently got one of these things called uh, an Apple HomePod. You guys ever, ever seen one of these before? And so anyway, I can't see your hands if you, if you have one, uh, but uh, uh, this is what you call an Apple HomePod. And what I want you to understand about the Apple HomePod is uh, we just got this thing, but there's actually someone that lives in here. Her name is Siri, and she can do some amazing things. You just have to actually get her to do those things. And so I, I, I haven't really rehearsed this. This is a live moment. I have no idea what she's about to say. I'm going to see if I can get her to come on. You guys okay with this? And, and so, uh, hey, hey, Siri, tell us a joke. I asked my friend to explain to me what an acorn is. They said, it's an oak tree in a nutshell. <laughs> Oh, you get it? It's an oak tree in a nutshell. Y'all got that? Yeah, so Siri's not super good at jokes, but uh, what we had is we had the cooking and the baking going on last night, and I thought, you know what? I want to have a moment where we can kind of just raise the spirit in the room. And so we were, you know, had the the little uh, Siri out there, and I was saying, oh, tell us a joke, and she was telling some corny jokes like that. And then I realized that you can actually, come on, you can actually get her to actually play songs for you. Come on, somebody. It's like karaoke in the kitchen. It's awesome, okay? And so I started asking my kids, hey, tell her to play a song. So they told her to play a song. And then I'm like, okay, you tell her to play a song. And there, I mean, you know, my kids are picking different songs, and we're getting a little this song going on. And I thought to myself, you know what? I would like to really just raise the spirit in the room. And I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in church. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Two people grew up in church with me. Thank you. 
for that. I love that. So I grew up in what I call church, church. Y'all understand what church is? I'm talking about like church. You know what I'm saying? Like church. The crazy thing was that our church was an anomaly, which means we lived in a very small town by the name of Mount Bellevue. Actually, Barber's Hill is what most people call it. You guys familiar with Barber's Hill? All right. All right. Great. <laughs> it wasn't a lot of people, but thank you. And so Barber's Hill, it's kind of a country town. It for sure was whenever I was growing up. And, but yet we had this, this church, and it was pretty well country people, even though it was a big church. Our pastor was a cowboy. In fact, he, he actually wore boots and a, and a belt buckle. And, and uh, so it was kind of a cowboy church. But however, we kind of had an identity crisis because we didn't sing country gospel music. We sang real gospel music. Come on, somebody. So whenever we were around the kitchen last night, everybody started calling out their, their own songs. I thought to myself, man, I need to kind of call out one of the songs that I remember from way back when. Y'all want to see if Siri can kind of pull this song up for us tonight? Hey, Siri. Hmm? <laughs> huh? Hey, Siri, play Jesus, Oh, What a Wonderful Child. Hey, Siri. Play Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child. Jesus, oh, what a wonderful child. By Mariah Carey now playing. That's a good one. All right. Y'all stand up real quick. Come on. If y'all know this song, just stand up for a second. Just a block. Come on, let's lift the, the spirit in the room just a little bit. Come on. Come on. If y'all know this song, put your hands together. Jesus. Jesus. Come on. Get a little oh, what a wonderful child. That's enough. You can turn it off. All right. Give Jesus a big hand clap. You can take your seats. Did you guys enjoy that? Come on. And you say, Pastor Scott, why, why did you do that? We know you can't sing. Come on. I know. Y'all know I can't sing. But let me just tell you why I did that. Because I'm, I'm looking for a moment to lift your spirits. I'm looking for a moment to get you outside of whatever it is you're carrying when you came inside here. I'm looking for a moment where Jesus can just come into your heart just for a few moments and begin to reveal himself to you like you've never experienced him before. I'm looking for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit to come across an open heart that he would begin to reveal things about you and begin to reveal things for you that you never dreamed you could know or never dreamed you could do. That's the moment that we're looking for, this lifting moment. It's, that, it's that, 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 that oil of joy that Jesus provides for us. You know, in Scripture, in the Christmas story, the angels were now appearing, and they were appearing to a group of people called the shepherds. Now, we as a church, we like to really... Uh, pretty much kind of glorify who the shepherds were. They're always like kind of the cool people because they got to see who Jesus was first. And, and so the angel came and kind of began to reveal and, and speak to the shepherds that Jesus was going to be born. But let me just tell you something about the shepherds. They really probably had the lowest job in society. They probably were out there in the darkness and probably had the, you know, the, the worst gig, if you, if you will, and probably in the darkest place because they were out there day and night. And, and they probably weren't as glorious as we kind of make them out to be. 
But I love the fact that, that, that the angels and God decided that he wanted to reveal this soon coming king, the savior of the world, to these shepherds. Let's, I'm going to read just a couple of scriptures to you, and I want, to, I want you to see something here. In Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, it says this, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Everybody say, great joy. So the angel said to them, let's look at it this way, the angel is saying to us tonight, don't be afraid. That's for somebody here tonight, don't be afraid. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. And what I love about this particular, uh, the way it says this, is not, it doesn't just say good tidings of joy. It's not just regular joy. It's not some happiness. How I many know that happiness is external, but joy is internal? So he's, he's promising something here, and this is what the angels are saying. He said, listen, I bring you good tidings of great joy, not average joy, not just a little bit of joy, but I'm talking about some great joy. I believe that in this Christmas season that you can experience some great joy. And I believe that's an internal thing that begins to lift up your head, lift up your heart, lift up your spirit so that you can really know who Jesus Christ is and you can know him well. Then it says this, which will be to all people. For there is born to you, everybody say to me. So this is to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I'm going to ask the worship team to go ahead and come back up and as I kind of close out this message, the last part of that scripture says this. He's born to you this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. We use this word Christ very, very often. But let me tell you what the word Christ actually means. Christ actually means the anointed one that has the power to lift things off of you and to break yokes of bondage on you. So there's not just a Jesus that's just a little baby that doesn't have any power. I'm talking about this is the Christ, the son of the living God. And there is an anointing upon his life to lift things off of you and to break things off of you where you can leave here on this Christmas Eve lighter than you walked in here. You can leave here with some levity instead of some gravity. And I want you to know that he's got a great plan and a great purpose to reveal himself to you tonight. He can, if you will, kind of untangle your mess. I, I have this illustration over here. How many of you guys have ever helped with the Christmas decorating at your house? How many of y'all are in charge of the lights? So you can see right here that uh, this is how the lights usually get left at my house. Now, my job at my house is to set up the Christmas tree. Kelly's like, baby, will you help me with the Christmas decorations? All you have to do is set up the Christmas tree and to put the lights on it. And I'm like, well, what else is left? That's everything. And most of the time, I kind of think that whenever I get to the lights, they're kind of jumbled up like this. They're just kind of a tangled mess. Kind of a just tangled, don't know which way to go, don't know how to get them undone. And as you begin to think about that, I begin to think how many of us, our life is the same way as these lights. And sometimes our life is kind of like a, a tangled mess. When we have this tangled mess, if you will, we don't really know what to do with it. And so let me tell you what I did this year. Kelly said, will you help me? And I said, 
this year, baby, I, I think I'm going to take a pass. I saw the lights. I saw they were jumbled up. You know what I did? I walked out of the room and left Kelly and Destiny to put the lights on the tree. I'm just being honest. I mean, you guys ever just had a, a real spiritual Christmas moment? And just so you know, I'm still kind of in the doghouse over this little thing. So this is my way of kind of getting some forgiveness too, all right? And so you can see this jumbled up mess. And I was frustrated. I'm like, it shouldn't have been left that way. It's out of sorts. I'm just going to, I want to take a pass on this one and I'm going to leave somebody else to deal with this. But the reality of it is this, is that it's important that we understand that whenever we have a jumbled up life like this, that whenever we begin to realize that there is great joy that can come from a relationship with Jesus Christ, that sometimes our life looks jumbled up like those lights, and we do just what I did this Christmas. We just walk away from it thinking that it's going to fix itself, and it never fixes itself. It's always, when you go back and you start unpacking your life, sometimes it always looks just like this. But the only way for this to really happen is for you to really begin to say, you know what, let me try to untangle this a little bit and when I untangle it a little bit maybe I can begin to kind of work through some things in my life I hope that maybe you can begin to work through some things in your life tonight and allow Jesus to come in and help you kind of untangle the mess maybe that you're calling your life you guys have ever known though that we call that finding some freedom Whenever you can come into a, an encounter with Jesus and who he is, you can find freedom in your life from some things that maybe have you weighted down, just the weightiness of life. How many of you guys have ever tried to mess with these lights and realized that when you plug them in, they don't really come on? And so what do you do? You go through the line and you start checking every bulb. Who has the patience to do that? Come on. How many of y'all go buy new light bulbs? No, you're supposed to go through and check every bulb like this. And when you check this bulb, you can begin to, begin to understand, oh, there's one right here that's missing. So you got to find that one, and you got to put it back together in your life. And let me just say this, that many of you, you're missing from your life. And whenever you're missing from your life, it affects the person next to you. When you're not in relationship with Jesus and allowing him to untangle your life, you're affecting the person next. You're affecting your wife or your husband. You're affecting your kids. You're affecting the people at work. But whenever you can get some things together and you find your place, how many of you know everybody else can find their place? And I believe that many people need to discover what their purpose is in life. So the greatest thing, though, is not just finding some freedom and not just discovering your purpose, but beginning to make a difference in somebody else's life is a very, very powerful thing. I hope that tonight or tomorrow you have the opportunity to make a difference in somebody's life. I hope that tonight I'm making a difference in your life. I hope that you're understanding that there's a God that loves you so very much. And he has a plan and a purpose for your life. And Many of you are thinking, well, Pastor Scott, that's great because, you know, you can untangle life and Jesus can help you with that and we can find some freedom and we can get in our right place and discover our purpose and we can begin to make a difference. But if we don't know who Jesus is, 
and you're not in relationship with Him, then you're not connected to the power source. But in order to be in relationship with Him, you have to open up your life and you have to say, you know what? I want to get connected to the power source. And when you do, things begin to look right and things begin to be right. This is what I love about a relationship with Jesus. Is he's not a God or a Jesus that stands over the banister of heaven. And Jesus doesn't look down and be like, man, you should do that right and you should start doing that and you should do this and you should do that and I can't believe you did this. He's not the kind of Jesus that that looks up from heaven and and begins to tell you everything you got to do and how you got to do it. Over 2,000 years ago, God, because he loved you so much, he came down out of heaven and he came down into your life He came down into our presence tonight, and you have the opportunity tonight to be able to know who he is. He's a Jesus. He's a a God that comes for you. There's a story that a pastor friend of mine tells, and we're about to pray and sing some carols and get you out of here to be with your family, but I want to share this story with you about a husband and a wife, three kids, Husband and wife not getting along very well, kind of button heads, if you will. And the wife been dealing with depression and anxiety for a very long time. And one day they have a big blow up on a weekend. And they just go at each other and have this big fight. And finally she's had enough. And she just walks out of the house. And she's gone. He thinks she's just going to cool off and So after a couple of hours, he starts wondering where she's at. So he starts to text her, and he starts to call her. No answer, no response to the text messages. An hour turns into the next day. The next day, he's very concerned. She's not answering the text, not answering the phone. So he calls the police, and he files a missing report, a missing persons report. He says, listen, my wife is missing. The police get involved. They come take the report, and they begin to look for her, and nobody can find her. One day turns into two or three days. Two or three days turns into a week. A week turns into two weeks. On the third week, he's so concerned, and he really, the police can't find her, not really helping. He goes and he hires a private investigator. And he hires this investigator to find his wife. And after just a couple of days, the investigator did his job found his wife. She was held up in the inner city in kind of a little roach motel. And as soon as he found out where she was at, he got the three kids, he put them inside the van, they drove to the inner city, got to exactly where this, where his wife was at inside this motel. He goes up with the kids and he knocks on the door. She opens the door and she looks at him eyeball to eyeball. She looks down at her kids doesn't say a word, turns around, goes back into the hotel room, packs her little bag that she had, goes out, walks past him and the kids, gets in the van and sits down. Not a word was spoken. He gets the kids, gets them in the van. They all get in the van and they travel back to the house. He tells the kids to go to his room. His wife comes inside the house. He says, I've been calling you. I've been texting you. I've been emailing your email. I've been trying to get a hold of you. Why did you come home so easily? And she said, because you came for me. You came for me. 
I didn't want you to, I didn't want you to, to reach out to me by text message. I didn't want you to reach out to me by telephone. I didn't want to get an email from you. You came for me. And ladies and gentlemen, I want you to know this, that we serve a Jesus that loves you so very much that he came for you. Christmas is about him coming to this earth for you. That joy that we can experience in our life comes only through Jesus. It's not just average joy, it is great joy. He came for you. I wanna pray for you just right where you are. Then we're gonna have a time of singing some carols and lighting the candle. But if you're here today and you say, hey, Pastor Scott, I don't know who Jesus is, but I'd like to know him. I'd like to experience the joy that you're talking about. I'd like to have a little lifting of my head I'd like to have a little levity and a little less weightiness. I'd like to get out from underneath this weight of the world, if you will. If that's you, just be so kind right where you are. Just slip your hand up and pull it right back down. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. I'd like everybody, if you would, let's pray this prayer together. Bow your head and close your eyes. Everybody say, Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you that tonight... I am receiving real joy. Thank you that you came for me. I declare that Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, everybody said, amen, amen, amen.